following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. If you're looking for high school basketball talk, you have come to the right place. We have a fun show lined up for everyone today, so let's get to it. This is Main Street Preps This Week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. This week, the guys welcome in Rockville girls basketball coach Bill Hockenberry and, of course, the Fab 15 rankings and much more games of the week. Now to your host, Main Street Preps This Week. Here's Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Hey everyone, it's time for another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmentier. Tyler, how are we living today? You doing all right? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I was, I was telling JP before we got in, it's nice to see the sun for a change the last couple of days. So uh, yeah, I'm pumped for the show today. Yeah, I think everybody's been pretty low on vitamin D after these last couple of weeks. So hopefully we can get out and get a little bit of sunshine. And uh, But for now, we're still in gyms doing basketball as the regular season comes to a close this week for all um, Division One and uh, a good portion of Division Two teams. And, of course, district tournaments are starting for the Division Two AA teams as well. So it's an exciting time of high school basketball. And uh, to talk about it, we're going to bring in Rockvale girls basketball coach Bill Hockenberry. Hockenberry, excuse me. We're going to go over our notes from the latest Fab 15 rankings and preview the game's to watch this week but first we welcome in bill how you doing today sir doing good guys thanks for having me on this morning this afternoon absolutely thanks thanks for being here and coach you guys have enjoyed a breakout year here in your third season as a program 18 and 6 is the record heading into this final week of the regular season what's the excitement level been like around school uh, surrounding your team uh, the excitement level has been uh, off the charts, you know, with us being a third-year program. Um, you know, really sports all around the Rockville community and all our sports is really taking off. Um, it really started this year with Coach Rice with, uh, with with football this year. You know, we had a breakthrough win last year against Sears Creek to make the region. It kind of jump-started our, uh, our program into where we are this year. And really all the sports around Rockville have really picked up this year and all the, the community support, the student support. Um, we've had our girls soccer team win a district regular season championship. We had our volleyball team uh, win it, go to the region last year. We've had our golf team make the state tournament, for, you know, the first team that made it in school history. And our wrestling team has won uh, their region this year. So we've had a lot of, a lot of sports here at Rockville that have really started to take off this year. Yep. Bill, this is Tyler. Uh, what do you remember most about growing up around Rutherford County basketball? Your dad, George, obviously serving as the longtime Oakland coach. That that area has such a appreciation for for basketball. What do you remember about being in those gyms? Uh, you know, uh, Tyler, I was lucky enough to grow up in the gyms at Oakland High School, and um, you know, there were some back when it was just Riverdale and Oakland, and you know, a lot of the kids today don't really understand that. Uh, how big of that rivalry was back then where it was either you were on one side of town or you were on the other. And, you know, every time you'd go play, you know, back in those days when my dad was coaching and when, you know, I got to watch uh, Randy King with the boys coach over there at Oakland and Gary Johnson and Kevin Woodson, uh, you know, it, it was a packed house every time that they played. It was the events 
of the week every time they played. Um, you know, I got me in particular getting to go up there at Oakland. I remember, you know, getting to play as a kid. You know, we had Brennan King who ended up, you know, getting drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers in the supplemental first round of the Major League Draft. I had uh, Patrick Hicklin who picked Tennessee to the College World Series and uh, got drafted by the by the Minnesota Twins. And we had a lot of high-level athletic kids that I grew up with. So those are the kind of things that I remember, you know, growing up there and, and really how competitive and how, um, you know, all the all the teams that were at Oakland at that time, boys and girls teams, that, um, you know, it meant a lot to the community. It meant everything to those kids. Every time you played, you know, it was representing your family. And I saw a lot of high-level basketball. I'm just blessed to be able to do that. And to fast forward back to the present day here, Bill, your team's got a really balanced approach scoring-wise. Tony Davis, Alicia Wilkerson, Emily Tarpley, uh, Kamaria Murray, and Amani Sharif are all averaging about eight points a game or more. How has that balance helped your team be successful so far this season? Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the approach that, honestly, the best teams that I've ever been around have had. Um, if you can have more than just one or two players that – do a lot of your scoring, um, you're a lot harder team to guard. You know, if you got one or two players that, you know, normally score the basketball, you can kind of shift defenses and try to, you know, take certain things away. But the, the way that we, our team is set up and the way that we kind of approach, you know, we take whatever's, whatever's available and all five on the floor at any time are capable of scoring and, and double figures. And, you know, all five of those girls that you just mentioned, are all capable of scoring 20 points in a game. So, um, you know, that that's exciting for me as a coach. That makes me feel a little bit more comfortable going in, knowing that, you know, if one, one of our players is not having a great night shooting, that somebody else is going to pick them up. And I think that's one reason we've been successful this year. You were someone who had the interim tag first, Bill, and then and then you became the head coach. What, what has that been experienced like not only – in that transition, but now just leading leading an entire program, uh, especially with a, a good group like that you've got now. Well, you know uh, that's a good question. You know, and that's I get that asked a lot. Um, you know, the interim tag on it was uh, you know something that Mr. Luther, our principal, uh, gave to me, and honestly, it was more of protection for me. Um, I never approached it one day as if I was the interim from day one. I took it on as I was going to be the head time, the full time head coach. And that's the way I went about it every single day. Um, you know, going through that last year and, you know, competing every single day with those girls, you know, we just kind of really started to build a culture of what was going to be accepted and what we wanted to be about. And, you know, it culminated last year with, the big win over Stewart's Creek to get us to the region. Um, but a lot of people don't know, we had six players last year that were in our rotation that were out for the season with the injury. So, you know, we felt like last year, I know we had the, the really one big win that everybody got to know. We felt like we had a lot of pieces coming back this year. And if we'd had them all last year, we felt like, you know, it could have been an even more special year. Um, you know, but the, uh, you know, the interim thing, you know, when I, when I, when we won and they named me the head, the full time head coach, you know, I was just really excited and, and really glad to continue on what we started. 
And I, I should tell y'all guys this too, you know, this is when, this is, maybe I, maybe I was the person for the job, I don't know, but my dad started the Blackman Girls program. I don't know if y'all knew that part or not. He was the first girl, head girls basketball coach at Blackman, um, the first four years of that program's existence. And I was a player that first year at Blackman. And so I got to experience, you know, opening a new school, kind of going through that kind of stuff. So all of that, those things helped me as I got started with this Rockville program as well. Yeah, that sounds like it ended up being a, a good match for both sides there here at Rockville. And Bill, you called, you mentioned this at the top. You kind of mentioned the Stewart's Creek upset last year in the district tournament as being a program changing moment. And of course your team did that without a lot of those injured players you were alluding to. Um, is that what kind of jump started the whole thing this off season? And I guess what, what kind of confidence do you think the team was able to glean from that and kind of carry that over into this season? Absolutely. I think that was a, that was a, a, a good starting point for this season from last year. You know, it gave us the confidence knowing we can, we can go out there and compete and, and be really good competition. You know, I thought the Sears Creek team last year was uh, really a top five, top 10 type team in the state last year. And for us to go in there and at their gym, uh, pull that one off, it kind of really, really started us going in the right direction this season. You know, I, I just feel like our girls got a lot of confidence from that and really fed off that all summer and all preseason and then all through this regular season. Bill, I had no idea that you have this history of in-game operations at the college level. Are you still the clock operator at Belmont? And I guess Russell said you're still doing (laughs) some instant replay work at Vanderbilt. Uh, I can't imagine what that's like juggling coaching in that, but can you sort of give us a rundown of of what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, it's, I don't know. This is my about my fifteenth year doing the, running the clock for Vanderbilt um, basketball. You know, um, it just kind of started off. I was getting out of college looking for some stuff to do. I was at a Vanderbilt game. They were in a, the NIT one night, and they made an announcement that they needed somebody to run the run the clock. And you know, being around basketball, and I had done that at my college a little bit, so I went over there and and. Uh, did a couple or did that game and the next year they asked me to fill in for about two games and then the next year I was full time so I've been doing that for about uh, this is my 15th year doing it at Vanderbilt uh, I did it for about eight years at Belmont and then when I came over to Rockville I kind of had to make some choices so um, you know I've kind of let the Belmont go even though I'm real really good friends with Casey Alexander and and uh And the staff over there at Belmont, but, um, you know, I, I do still fill in a little bit on the weekends for Vanderbilt. Um, uh, I do, I've done about, I don't know, four games this year. I'll probably end up doing about eight before the, their regular season's over with. And, you know, I've been able to, to, to do some, some games at the SEC tournament. I've actually done the last seven SEC men's uh, championship games. I've been in there working those the last seven years. Now, this year with it being in Tampa, Florida, I doubt I'll be able to get there for that. But you know, me as a basketball coach, I use this to really help my help me every single day that I got to go do a game. I would pick something up from one of the teams that I could try to incorporate into the teams that I was working with at that time. You know, every night I go, I'll pick up an in, underneath inbound play, sideline out of bounds play, an offensive set somebody runs. You know, 
depending on, you know, what the personnel is, you know, I can, and I'm lucky enough to sit courtside at the SEC level and see all these great teams and great coaches come through. I've been really blessed to be able to do that. As as a follow up, I, I mean, is your clock operator at Rockville nervous that you're going to catch them doing something wrong? I mean, are they held to like a super high standard over there? Or? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's uh, me being able to do that. You know, I catch a lot of things that most other people don't get unless, unless you're in that position. Like the clock, they'll throw the ball in bounds, and there'll be two dribbles down the court, and I'll just start yelling out, "Start the clock!" You know, I catch those kind of things. <laughs> you know, um, so. Luckily, our clock operator here is a good friend of mine. I've known him a long time, Danny Kendrick, and he knows that uh, uh, I'm not going to hold him to that standard. He does a really good job for for us here. <laughs> well, you might make some of those visiting team clock operators nervous when when you go on the road, though. But uh, you know, speaking of that, you guys have a couple more games here to close out the regular season this week against Oakland and Siegel. What's it going to take to finish strong here and to try to get that number two seed uh, for the District 7-4A tournament that's coming up? Yeah, for sure. You know, we need to just come out. Um, we're playing another uh, another really well-coached Oakland team tonight at our place. Um, we got on them pretty good at their place earlier in the year. Got off the, I don't know, 14-0 start after the first quarter. You know, you don't expect that every single night um, going out there. But... Um, you know, we know Oakland's going to come bring bring their best game tonight. We know for us, though, and we've talked about this, this is kind of what we talk about. It's never the opponent. It's always about us. Uh, the opponent is always ourselves. We talk about that every single day. As long as we do what we're supposed to do and take care of our business and execute the way we're supposed to execute, we're going to be fine and have a chance to, you know, wrap up this that number two seed going into the tournament next week. Well, Rockville School, certainly there's a long history there, but between, you know, the consolidation with Riverdale in the 70s and and, and such, you know, the, the program itself at Rockville hadn't been to the state term, I guess, since 1941. What what would that mean to that community? You, you know as well as anybody, Bill, about what that might mean to that school. That, you know, um, they are very sport-hungry here in, in the Rockville community. You know, and if we were able to be lucky enough to be able to do that and get to that state tournament, you know, I, I think the entire Rockville community would be there. We might fill up Murphy Center with just people from Rockville um, because I know there's that much support out here from all the people out here and um, that much excitement about about our basketball team this year. Uh, you know, it's really started to really pick up as we've, you know, gone on and had some good wins and, and um, you know, gotten some – some good publicity from, from different outlets, and, and I'm real appreciative of that. Um, I just, you know, for our girls and for, for our coaching staff, we take it one day at a time, one step at a time. You know, um, we, we really feel like we have a chance if, if we do what we're supposed to do to, to end up there. Um, that's our goal. We've talked about that since day one. Um, we want to end up, you know, we felt like we were good enough to be at Murphy Center at the end this year, and uh, that's kind of how we've gone about it every single day. Um, but I do know that the Rockville community is really behind us. And if we were to get to the state tournament, man, what a day that would be. And that Murphy Center would be all blue for the most part. Well, Bill, it should be fun to see how everything plays out here as the season comes to an end. But we certainly appreciate your time uh, on a game day, no less. And uh, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the way. Hey, we really appreciate the time. And thank you all for everything you all do for high school sports.
Absolutely. That's been Rockville girls basketball coach, Bill Hockenberry. So Tyler, they're, uh, they're, they've had a great season. They're right there in our rankings. I know we'll get to those in just a moment, but um, it's always neat to see a school that is, is new and having success. You know, there's several in the area that have, that have done so in various sports. Summit High School comes to mind, Nolensville, uh, Green Hill, and now Rockville. There's, it doesn't seem like it takes very long for these new schools to kind of gain some traction in athletics just with how, you know, how much the area has grown and, and how many good athletes show up at these schools within a couple of years. It seems like they're able to put together some pretty good athletic programs. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head. I was going to mention the same schools. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing to see, but yeah, it's, it's definitely driven by some uh, unprecedented growth, but I think it's a nod to just maybe the amount of total athletes the quality athletes that have come into the area recently. And, um, you know, speaking of Rockville in particular, it's not a team I've seen, but Russell, you have, uh, but you just look at their results and it's, gosh, it's a, it's a brutal schedule in that area that they're in. And it's specifically that district, just tons of great basketball. I think all the coaches would say it's a great coaching fraternity too, as well. So, you know, Rockville checks in, let's move on to the rankings here. Uh, our, our fab 15 mid-state basketball power rankings rockville checked in this week at 17 and 5 and they're at number 14 um we'll we'll talk a little bit about them here in a second let's run through the top five here blackman at one followed by ensworth web school cookville and page uh really it's this was not not too of a dramatic week in the girls rankings we didn't have any movement from one through seven uh a lot of the best teams in our our poll our power poll if you will are just kind of rolling through their schedule a lot of double digit wins at this at this point from what we're seeing a um, couple of the movers uh, Lebanon went from number eight to number 10 uh, r- ran into one of those teams that I, that I mentioned in Cookville, uh, which is still 25 and 0 Cookville won 63 40 last week. Uh, Finley Thompson helped uh, Lebanon rebound with a bounce back win over Green Hill with 16 points. Uh, Westmoreland and East Nashville technically were the biggest movers going up two spots, both after du- double digit wins and, Let's, I mean, look at this. This is something you've written about, Russell. But four of East Nashville's past five opponents have failed to score 16 points. That is <laughs> remarkable. Uh, yes. and, and Rockville dropped a couple spots from 12 to 14. I think you could probably make a case maybe that they should have fallen out. But th- like I said, that district's difficult. Uh, the losses, two of them have been to number one Blackman and number six Coffee County by a combined nine points. So I, I don't see that as a huge cause for concern, if anything. I think most coaches would kind of like to have that kind of a challenge at this point, depending on what kind of group they have. But nevertheless, Rockville has lost two or three, um, but I don't see those losses too big of a concern, really. Uh, Stewart's Creek entered the poll at 15 again, uh, back on an eight-game win streak. Uh, that included a four-point win over a 21-3 and Bradley Central team last week, so good quality win. Number 13, Livingston Academy dropped out and uh, felt like Creekwood at 20-4 and four and Ravenwood 17-7 and seven were the the two that just missed there. Creekwood's put together a pretty good year, and uh, I mean, so has Ravenwood for that matter. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens this week. Both of them have definitely some games coming up that could uh, maybe maybe change some of the trajectory in our poll depending on how things go. All righty. Well, we've got the girls' rankings up there on MainStreetPreps.com, along with the boys, too, which we're going to run down right now, the top five on the boys' side. 
Uh, Brentwood Academy takes over as the new number one, and we'll get to why in just a moment. Beach at number two, Cambridge number three, Innsworth number four, and Pope Prep slides into the top five for the first time. So Brentwood Academy, you know, they've had an argument, Tyler, for this entire time, probably to be the number one. They are 23-0. and 0. They've played a very tough schedule in that Division II AA middle region. And, you know, with the way they've been playing, coupled with the scare that Beach had at Gallatin last week in, in double overtime, uh, I think we both agreed that it was time to move the Eagles up to that top spot. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's just one of those kind of apples and oranges conversations. I don't know that it's a necessarily a a a knock on Beach as much as it is a a tip of the cap to Brentwood Academy because you know Beach pulled out a game in overtime at a Gallatin against a Gallatin team that's over five hundred, and you know there's there's something to be said for that. But but Brentwood Academy just plays in a, a brutal region that. That is the most competitive region that you'll find in basketball and basketball in this area this year, and to to continue winning through that is is super impressive. You know, just just ask Ensworth, uh, the who which has lost um, what NBA and was it Pope Prep mm-hmm. recently? Yeah, they so, lost two of their last two of their last three or something like that. Yeah, I mean, those, that's just a tough region. So I think it's more I think it's more of a hat tip to Brentwood Academy than it is a uh, a knock on Beach. Definitely, and. You know, speaking of that region, you mentioned Pope Prep. They are sitting there at 18 and 7 now in the top five. Uh, like you mentioned, they were able to pull an upset of Innsworth 58 56 on the road last Friday. So a, a big win for them, led, of course, by Tristan Conger. He had a, a big night 23 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Really think that the Knights are probably a team to watch here in the postseason, especially in that middle region tournament we were talking about. And when you throw in Brentwood Academy, Innsworth, NBA, Lipscomb, and Pope Prep. It's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. There weren't too many other big movers here, Tyler, but Lebanon did leapfrog Green Hill for number eight with its overtime win over the Hawks last Friday. And so Lebanon now has the inside track to get that number one seed for the District 9-4A tournament. And the Blue Devils, you know, don't look now, but they seem to be over their cold streak that they had in early January. They won six of their last seven games. Um, maybe peaking at the right time here as the postseason comes around. So uh, Lebanon now number eight and Green Hill is sitting there just behind them at number nine. And lastly, Clay County and Columbia both dropped a couple of spots after suffering losses last week, but no real major concern there. Uh, They were both able to bounce back later in the week with wins. So they are both still in the poll. Uh, Columbia at number six and Clay County at number 13. Of course, nobody dropped out of the poll and there were no new entrants this week. But there's a couple teams knocking on the door that could slip in, you know, depending on how this week's results go. Uh, so Franklin at 21 and six, Greenbrier at 20 and two, and York Institute at 18 and six are all sitting right there on the outside looking in. Tyler, how about some top games to watch this week? There are plenty of those, right? Yeah, uh, you know, it's what it's our it's our last games of the week for the regular season, I guess technically, right? Um, yeah, which is. Hard to believe, but I, in no particular order here on the boys' side, Stewart's Creek at Cane Ridge is going to be interesting, and not not just because I mean, they're both above 500. Obviously, Cane Ridge we have at number three uh, in our Fab 15, but this is this is Cane Ridge's senior. Uh, that's their last regular season home game, so they're going to celebrate senior night at halftime of both games. Uh, it's a TV game. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, but I mean, really, the main event is is have being able to honor Brandon Miller 
and everything that he's done, probably the best basketball player to come through Metro. I think it'll be a special night in that gym, just as that community and school, you know, honor what he's, what he's done a uh, very special talent. So that, that should be a fun night in that gym. Uh, Hunter's lane at beach. Again, this is, this one wasn't particularly close at Hunter's lane last time. It kind of got away from uh, Hunter's lane toward the end, but it, it really wasn't, it was, it was closer than the score probably indicated. I think it was like a 20 point win, but, I, I don't think Beach is going to take anybody lightly after that Gallatin game. Um, and, and like we've mentioned a lot, it, in addition to the Beach's standouts, if you have a chance to go see uh, Asa Hardyway and Trey Rutherford from Hunter's Lane, it's, it's worth it. It's, they're, they're really good. Uh, Hardyway is just so – he's kind of has the green light from wherever he's at, and he, he's fun to watch. He really is. Uh, Columbia Independence will base uh, – is the – the other big one that I see, it's it'll basically decide the District 12 numbers, number one seed. Uh, that guard matchup of, of Jet Montgomery and Hugh Martin is going to be worth worth the price of a ticket there. A couple others that are good. Of course, the uh, obligatory uh, Division 2A middle region, Brentwood Academy at NBA, Innsworth at Lipscomb are both going to be really good. Uh, so those are a couple others to keep an eye out on the boys' side. Flipping over to the girls, Clarksville at Rossview. Is, is an interesting one. Clarksville at 15 and four is going to give it its best shot against a Rossview team. That's only lost twice and plays really good defense. Uh, certainly kind of a regional rivalry there. It'll be interesting Thursday at Loretto at 23 and 0 still at Creekwood, which is 20 and four. Uh, I think it's an intriguing one because it's two 20 win teams. Uh, it's, you know, that you don't always get that uh, in the regular season. Loretto's coming in a, cl- in a class of its own, playing really good basketball and is probably still the favorite here, but Creekwood is, is not bad. It has some quality wins and is now won 12 in a row. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch. And that might be something that a uh, Casey Patrick, our, our comrade out there might go cover. I don't know. Um, Friday, Brentwood at Ravenwood, the battle of the woods uh, went to Ravenwood last time in the first meeting, 45 to 33. Both teams are still over 500. And I, I think both are capable of making some postseason noise, you know, in what capacity we're probably going to, we're probably going to find out. I don't know if either one of us, Russell, have seen both of the Brentwood and Ravenwood teams. I know you saw Brentwood, and I think I saw Ravenwood. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so I mean no, Ravenwood. We've not, we not seen both. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I, but Brentwood with the Ryan uh, sisters and uh, Ravenwood with a solid crew out there, um, led by Reagan Grimes, just signed with Tennessee Tech last week. Uh, that ought to be a fun gym. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, Cumberland County at White County. Uh, White County's number eight in our rankings safely. I would say I would add to and, but Cumberland County's played well against a tough schedule and uh, they've got some couple nice wins over Brentwood and Livingston Academy. So, you know, that one could be interesting as well. We'll just have to see, but, uh, and, and it's always kind of interesting when to come back and look at the results from the previous week and find out actually what games lived up to the billing and what games maybe that we didn't mention end up being really good. So that'll be, this might be one of those weeks too because it's a uh, it's crunch time, Russell. We're we're getting down to the yeah. we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Indeed, we are, and I think you know of those games you just listed off. I think on the boys' side, a couple that really stick out to me is you know scores I'm going to be looking for uh, that Columbia at Independence boys game on Friday. That's going to decide District Twelve. Um, that's a fascinating matchup. It was really close the first time they played, and then also you know a game that you don't see a whole lot on the girls' side. You know Creekwood hosting. Loretto, you know, haven't I don't know that those teams have played anytime recently. Um, and so you're right, that's that's gonna be a prime opportunity for Creekwood. 
you know, if they show well or if they even manage to win that game, could very well find themselves in the Fab 15 rankings next week. So we'll just have to see about that. Yeah, I love I love small school basketball versus maybe a larger class, um, which is the case there, right? You know, Am I, I think off? I need to double check that. Is Creekwood? I'm a, I think Creekwood is. They're either in three A or two A, so they might actually be in the same classification now. We need to we need to fact check ourselves on that one. We, yeah, we don't have the we don't have the luxury of a, a in real time fact checker necessarily, but uh, in any case, yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be a good game and. Um, Creekwood, somebody, we, it seems like they always end up on the just missed or they're in the conversation about every week because it's been such a solid mm-hmm. season. I don't, I don't think people talk enough about just getting to the 20-win mark in basketball. You know, we talk about schedules, but you're a pretty good team if you can get to 20 wins by February 8th. You've, you're doing something right. I mean, unless you're just – unless you're really playing a, a weak schedule. So, uh, yeah, good season for them so far and – Again, about to get serious here in the next few weeks for for all involved, for the teams, and also for us reporters that are out kind of pounding the pavement and trying to keep up with these games. So we're all going to have to take a deep breath here soon and, and get ready. That's right. And, of course, you can find all of this coverage from myself and Tyler, along with our excellent Main Street Preps staff from all over the region at MainStreetPreps.com. Follow us on Twitter at MainStreetPreps and like our Facebook page by just searching up main street preps and you can stay in the loop on everything that's happening across middle tennessee and with that we thank you for joining us again this week on main street preps this week and we will see you back here next time this has been main street preps this week with russell vanozzi and tyler palmatier Follow on Twitter at Main Street Preps. Follow Russell at Russell V underscore MSP and Tyler at T Palmatier 83 on Twitter and also online at MainStreetPreps.com. Main Street Preps this week is a production of Main Street Media.